Welcome to Serviced Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the on the ground experience that we're living and breathing with our serviced accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. Hi there, guys, it's Sally here. And it's time for Service Accommodation Secrets, my weekly Facebook Live. And this time I'm going to be helping out with a few tips, five I think, um, because I've had lots of inquiries in my Service Accommodation Secrets Facebook page and group and messenger chats with people who are very excitingly going out to get their first rent-to-rent essay units or trying to. Um, and lots of you are having some great meetings and some of you have said all right I've got I've got somewhere and can you help me with a few things which is great and I'm happy to so keep posting on on the Facebook pages as well because other guys can help you as well but I'm really happy to help but one of the things that um, I really wanted to share is that when we were first looking for our first essay unit Pete and I it just took us ages to find our first one so it literally took months about four months to find our first one and we thought we were never going to get round to you know finding one and we just had to keep going and keep going and I'd either say too much to people or not enough or I don't know what it was really I think I just didn't probably have the confidence in what I was doing so practiced in some different areas and got clued up with more information and what I thought I'd do is go through some key points that will help you. So number one, the first one to really think about is the fact that you are solving problems and helping um, to ease the pain points of landlords, freeholders and developers um, who need their properties occupied. And you know they're either going to have to have them you know, in an AST or short stay. So you're really solving their problems. So listen to what they have to say rather than just having your script ready. I think that's a really good thing. And so the second thing is that um, they have quite a few different options available to them, but they aren't likely to want to run a service accommodation business themselves. So that's why they're not. And you know that's what you're bringing to the party so you can bring in all the plus points of that and be really confident and um, happy with what you can actually offer because you're offering loads so it's awesome Uh, the third thing is how to meet the landlords how to to find the properties how to actually uh, meet the developers and freeholders in the first place so i'll be going into that um the fourth thing is don't get overexcited about finding the property uh, and not do your due diligence. Don't just think, oh, it's great, it's beautiful apartment, it's wonderful, I just want to have it and run my essay there. Really important to do your due diligence on it and really make sure that it's likely to work um, and that your numbers actually stack. And so the fifth thing is, really do your numbers and be prepared to walk away if it doesn't actually fit your criteria or if your numbers don't stack so don't feel desperate um, for a deal and um, so i'll go into that too 
So let's go into some of those things in a bit more detail. So the first thing is that you are solving a problem for the person who owns a property, whether it's a flat, apartment or house that could be new, it could be that it's really old and it could be that it needs refurbishing or it could literally just need having um, furniture and being furnished. So hi, hi Jit, hi Murat, good to see you guys. So it literally could just need a tiny bit of work or it could need masses. So once you've found your landlord, um, property owner, freeholder, developer, just listen to what they have to say because it really is key because what you can do is have your own sort of spiel ready of what you want to say and it might not apply to them. It may be that, you know, they're a developer who's looking for various exit strategies for a property that they want to hold. Maybe they want a whole floor to be SA. Maybe they want a whole block to be SA, um, but maybe it's just a few units. Most likely it's it's good to keep it separate, so it probably would be at least the floor. Or it might be a really small block. So we work with a freeholder who had a really little block. Um, usually they do, sort of, I don't know, 40 to 60 or so. Um, but they had a block of five. So that was really nice and self-contained to keep it separate. So they would have different pain points and issues to solve than somebody who had a house that actually needed quite a lot of refurbishment work doing on it. Um, so listen to the owner of the property to see what it is that's causing them a problem. You know, it may be that it's a landlord who has a house that's in a great location, but they uh, haven't got around to refurbing it and it just looks a mess and what you could do is work out a way to work with them maybe go 50 50 on a refurb so that it looks really nice and so that people would want to stay there because if it's a great location and actually the property is pretty solid it's not falling to bits or anything it just is cosmetic essentially you could jv on that and you could solve that problem because after all, what you want is a property in which you can run your SA business. And then if you can serve each other in that way, so the landlord ends up with a property that's beautiful, you know, it can have really nice furnishings in there that can be either theirs or yours. So if you're um, doing rent to rent, for example, and guaranteeing their rent, then you would furnish it. But if you were just managing it on their behalf, so giving them um, a solution to having to manage their property, you're doing it on their behalf, um, then they would uh, finance the furnishings and you could guide them in that. But then at the end of the day, whether you have it for a long time, several years, or maybe you had it for three years and then they decide they want to do um, an AST, so a normal tenancy afterwards, then their property would have been kept in amazing condition until that point. And so that's really helpful because A, you've got a property you can run your, your business in and they've got a property that's refurbed and it's now brilliant for them to just have cash flow from you running your business in there. Or, you know, later on, looking forward, they could either continue with that um, line if that works or they have other options. So it's opening up a whole new world. Um, so let's think again. So the second thing is thinking about the options that are available to landlords, freeholders um, and owners of property. So 
you might also have a leaseholder of a flat as well saying that so you might not just have a freeholder you might have a leaseholder of a, a flat or apartment hi there nick good to see you guys do ask if you've got any questions won't you uh, so you may have somebody who owns the leasehold and we'll go into that in the uh, step four just to make sure you can actually do your essay there but um, essentially the choices they have is either to um, get a company like a, a letting agent to do a normal tenancy agreement and uh, have tenants in there um, potentially they've got a risk of voids at that point though haven't they and the expense of the agent although it could be hands-free some agents are great some agents less so um, or they could do tenant find only so the agent finds the tenant and then they have to manage the property and bring in maintenance people if there are issues they have to do all of the um, compliance obviously and uh, as an SA operator we have to do a certain amount of compliance well we don't it's not necessarily the law but for example yesterday I had a meeting with someone because um, I'm getting quotes for my pat testing because it's a year since I've had new items so I need to get those pat tested so that's not the law but we like to be compliant and have things in really good condition so if a landlord doesn't have somebody like an SA operator dealing with things like that then they have to do that and it may be that um, that they don't want to do that. They want to be completely hands-free. It may be they're an investor who wants to buy a property but doesn't want to just have it on a normal tenancy agreement because then you've got pain points of tenants who maybe don't pay, tenants who maybe don't look after the property or they trash it or they do something illegal there or... Um, you know they need to be evicted for some reason breach of contract and they won't go whereas you don't have any of those issues when you've got an SA operator such as yourself um, such as us um, running a business there because we only have guests and as part of their T's and C's they only stay there for the time of their booking and one of the other things that's happening is um, you can have landlords but even if they're running HMOs this can still happen because HMOs can have great cash flow as well um, with section 24 coming in you um, might find landlords or you will find landlords as time goes on who are really finding the effects of section 24 are hitting them hard because although it's been um, tapered in eventually um, they won't be able to claim much of their actual mortgage payments their interest payments at all now if it's unencumbered that's fine but say if they've got interest only mortgages that are quite a high value on the property then that's going to be treated as if it's income and so they can't claim it against any profit so some landlords won't just go into break even they'll go into negative territory but um, it will be included as part of their income so they will be taxed higher as well whereas you are a brilliant solution because you're running a business there so you're not a tenant and therefore it's they don't suffer um, in regards to section 24 at all so that's brilliant um, you've also got agents who you're working with so agents if you go through an agent they will have um, the problem of uh, tenant fees not, not being able to charge those anymore they'll also have landlords they're going to have to keep happier because of the tide of change of all the things that have been brought in legislation which give landlords higher costs 
it's all the wear and tear issues as well so you solve all that because you want to keep the property immaculate you have to for your business and in fact our freeholders have often rung us and said oh please can we bring the surveyor around because they're developing more units and so the surveyor wants to come and do evaluation or the valuer and uh, because our properties are maintained so brilliantly it means that um, they can get a great valuation for their property and they know that they can come in and they're going to be amazing rather than a tenant some tenants are brilliant obviously um, but others you know they might trash a place and it might need refurbing after six months or a year completely so that's a huge expense also there's the issue of voids so if you're guaranteeing rent, they have absolutely no voids, so there's no problem whatsoever. But it can be a real problem for landlords and property owners. It can be a real problem for a freeholder who's decided to hold units, you know, a developer perhaps who's become a freeholder and decided to hold the units but then needs to rent them out and half of them are empty because you flooded the market with a load of rental properties. So, you know, that's another thing to consider. Hi, Julie. Hi, Nick. Good to see you guys and so there are all these different things that can go a bit wrong for property owners that you can solve as an essay operator so how do you find these amazing people so anyone who owns a property um, is going to be a landlord who's either like a sleeping kind of landlord you know a, a passive one who doesn't do much networking but actually i have to thank punit for this tip in fact because we we're having a chat on the phone the other day he suggested accountants and solicitors in your area will know landlords who are tired and had enough of all the legislation and maybe want to offload their properties you may even be able to do a lease lease option agreement with them um, because they may have a capital gain issue if they get rid of all their properties at once you know selling them so they might say okay um I'll do a lease option. So essentially you're paying a smaller amount than if you were just buying it outright, but you secure the option and then pay their mortgage for them so that you can actually acquire a property that way, but relieve them of what's become a burden for them because they've had enough of uh, being a landlord. So that's a really good tip locally. And you can go to local business networking to meet people like the accountants and solicitors. So um, we've been to Chamber of Commerce um, events in Crawley and Gatwick, we're in the local one there. You've also got county ones, so there's Surrey and a Sussex for us locally. Um, there are business events, so I'm in Gatwick Diamond Business, but there are, um, as Poonit also said, 4N, he really likes, he says that's really good, but also BNI might be good to go to. Now, honestly, I haven't been, but um, I gather if you go as a visitor or you sub for somebody, that means you haven't actually joined. So you could try out different meetings, BNI meetings, because I gather they're quite strong on commitment and recommendation. So it may be that, you know, you don't, you decide you don't want to be a full on member. You can try it out, but there'll be a lot of people like that potentially there. So go and see. And also property networking, you're going to get people there. Just tell everyone. You're going to have your own accountant. Tell your accountant what's going on if you're expanding into a new area. And tell your family because a lot of people do invest in property and buy to let is an awesome, you know, investment for people. But the management can be a real headache. So if you're going to keep the property beautifully and give them a high yielding cash flow, whether you're guaranteeing the rent or you might just do a management 
agreement so that you're charging a percentage of turnover it's up to you but even so that then means that if you're getting great income then they're going to get really high yields really high return on their investment and their property so those things really help the agents might be a little bit you know dubious about SA but as their um, woes shall I say increase with the legislation and everything um, they'll probably come around to it and actually you can talk about how you can solve problems like emergencies in properties they rent you can do short stay for their own tenants if they're letting agents people who are in between buying properties they need somewhere to stay people who um, just come in they get a commission so we had a long booking from a lady who was staying at a local sorry her daughter was at a local private school when she wanted to stay locally and therefore she needed to stay solidly she just went into a local estate agent because she didn't know where else to go and so that worked out really well and they got a commission from us so they get commissions and just really um tell everybody you can another thing that you can do in the property meets is get to know people and just be you so if you're planning to run SA do your business plan do your cash flow forecast of what you think it will be you know based on the local rents in your area or your target area and then just chat to people because developers will be a bit of a slow burner probably you'll get to know them but they need an exit strategy for their apartment blocks if that's what they're building and so they're you know they bear you in mind and if you're just yourself you're professional you know what you're doing then that can work brilliantly and then you don't have all the issues of um, the lease allowing um, SA because if you're going to a leaseholder they will have to approach the freeholder to get permission to run the SA because it won't be allowed probably it might be but normal leases don't tend to allow it and so do all that networking tell everybody but also something else you can do um, is do a Facebook page and um, advertising to landlords and um, do boost your posts so do posts but do ads as well targeted at tired landlords as well um, you can go to Gumtree you can go to spare room and see who's advertising just get to know people go to your local business networking meetings councils have business meetings and just get to know who's around um, but the Facebook thing is something that was suggested when we did our mastermind way back and that seemed like a really good idea because a lot of people scroll through Facebook constantly and you know if the landlord's on there and they're thinking oh that sounds interesting um, you know they're going to approach you and you can learn a bit more about digital marketing how to actually target that too but that can be purely targeted at solving their problems so they can just gradually offload their portfolio if that's what they want to do and um, you'll solve that for them or you'll just manage it for them so they don't have to worry about section 24 anymore and you do get the nuggets of capital allowances in there as well with developers in particular but potentially with landlords who've got um, properties too if they haven't claimed them because you're running a business so a certain amount um, of the allowable um, items could be claimed as well so that's something to think about too hi Alan hi Shane as well so number four is just because you get offered a property yes you'll have done some homework on it but just because you get offered a property 
don't then think oh yay i've got this awesome property do your due diligence so make sure that it's in a good area make sure it's near a station make sure that you are um, in an area where people are going to come where guests needs to stay i'd go for business guests first but you know leisure guests as well are useful at weekends of course if you don't have seven day bookings and uh, so you want people to find it accessible so either trains parking airports uh, work leisure good transport links essentially somewhere you know nice area or really convenient as well hi there krish good to see you hope you're well good to know that you're in harrogate it's a great place isn't it fab and so yeah don't just get so overexcited you don't do your dd so make sure that it's workable in terms of location and the type of target market that you can have and as well um, that you're allowed to do it there so number five is your numbers so part of your numbers is going to be um, you know how much rent you're paying so make sure you've done the research this is for rent to rent of course if you're buying a property numbers to do with buying the property for whatever exit it has to work as a single let essentially all of these things or for SA 50% occupancy of one person break even that's what I would say um, pretty much or slight profit but if you do your numbers and it works then good but if you do your numbers and it doesn't quite work then don't be afraid to say actually on further inspection I've discovered that, for example, we found in one area a lovely block of five new apartments, but in a really residential area. And honestly, I couldn't see there'd be enough business people coming there or enough tourists, really. Or it was right in a town centre, bit of a step to the railway station just because that's the way this town is. End of the railway line, not a great line. Transport links, okay, not bad, but certain roads are not, not great nice town so potentially could work if we lined up definite corporates for like six months then I would have done it but these were five apartments and the rent was um, okay for the area but it was a market rent but the amounts that people were able to charge in the area when we did research or in fact our VA did really thorough research because I asked her to do certain things and gave her the criteria to look for so the rates that people could charge weren't enough to actually make money and the market rent was a little bit too high because of that and um, we were only able to do guaranteed rent we couldn't just do management and obviously it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things because it has to work either way but it's obviously a big rent roll to cover if you're doing a guaranteed rent so you'd have to be really sure that you had enough people coming so we had to turn it down which was really sad um, but if it isn't looking probable and you've done your research so i.e the rent that you're paying is a reasonable rent um and you know your your amounts that you're going to get per night um if they're not enough to cover it and the occupancy that's the other thing when we research occupancy of the area it wasn't that high didn't seem to be anyway i mean with that you can sometimes you know say perhaps it wasn't quite up to date but actually it didn't look really good so that's when we had to say really sorry but in this case we've got to say no at the moment don't be afraid to do that and actually I think people respect you for that because you're not just gung-ho and mad and say oh yeah I can do anything it shows you doing your homework and your due diligence 
And uh, the other thing is that if you find that the person you're planning to work with has really different ideas than you, and we've had this before as well, and you feel yourself tugged in the wrong direction and it really starts to get to you, again, I'd walk away because it's likely to go a bit wrong. You're going to want slightly different things and those slight things will become bigger. Now, it may be that you can resolve those and so try to do that, obviously, especially if the numbers look great. Um, But if it seems like you're always going to be pulling opposite ways, then I would say don't do that. Um, And the landlords are going to do Um, due diligence on you they'll check you out they'll research you Um, so just be you just be congruent Um, if it's your first essay you're looking for so I've finished my five things but I'll just add in something Um, maybe help another essay operator so you get a bit of experience and know what to expect Uh, maybe uh, you know offer to um, do some cleans or setting up with people so I know some of the guys like James in the community is sharing knowledge with people and they're helping him because he does mega refurbs his houses look amazing and so he's got people helping him that way which is a brilliant share isn't it that's such a good idea although personally I'd rather be a lot more hands-off than that Uh, but yeah he does an amazing job and again he's JV'd with the landlord to get a property at a lower rate so that's one way you can make a deal work if you get the the property at a much lower rate and then you work together to make it look really good and uh, you know to be maintained really well um because you can get um different agreements you work out with a landlord so you could jv so you basically cover their mortgage and certain amount of their costs but always get that in writing Um, All your agreements have those really battened down. Some people have asked me about agreements recently and I don't have a specific template that I want to give away to people. We have a version of that we'd use if we work with a landlord directly but I would say the key thing is to get in writing just on an A4 sheet everything that you would want from the agreement and get the landlord to do the same and then match it together and use your own solicitor to make sure it's binding because, um, I mean, later on I might have something that is generic, but I can't promise anything. Because the thing is, with a legal agreement, you really have to have a solicitor's approval so that you both know at the beginning what you are responsible for and who's paying for what. And if certain scenarios happen, um, you know, like emergencies, I don't know if the roof fell in or something like that, you'd need to know who is going to pay for that. And as a rent-to-rent operator, I would say it would be the landlord, and the landlord would want to have known that was going to happen in advance. Obviously, if it's your own property, it's a whole different matter. But yeah, just make sure that you're solving problems and the right problems for your potential um, SA landlord. And they're not going to want to run SA unless they're already sort of saying, oh yeah, I want to learn. So if they don't want to do it, you're relieving them of that problem because you know SA's got a lot of parts or if they do want to learn perhaps you could JV with them and they could learn from you as part of your contribution but get it all up front as I say be congruent and sort those things out in advance so I hope that helps I'm just going to summarize them again so the first thing is remember you're solving the problem of the property owner if you're going rent to SA and you know listen to the owner so that you know what their problems are don't just assume and and just go out with your your patter about what you do and what you can offer do listen to them 
Um, think about the options that they have available based on what they say. So how what you offer solves the problems of the issues with things like, for example, an AST, so a normal tenancy, you can have tenants that don't pay. You can have tenants that trash the property, so you would solve that. Again, with agents, they're going to get um, a really good, um, happy landlord, a really happy landlord, sorry, because they're going to get a really great um, SA operator, a really good service going on in the property, so it's happily maintained, so they have less headaches, less work to do as well. And um, number three, so go and find those landlords and property owners, so network, advertise, get out there, tell everyone, and just be you, just be interested, you know, just tell everyone what you're looking to do, get excited about it all, because it is exciting. Um, number four, so don't just get really overexcited so that you say yes to anything, do your due diligence, make sure it's actually allowed. And number five, make sure your numbers do actually stack, even if the property looks fantastic, if it doesn't work on paper, it probably won't work in real life. It has to actually work on paper for you to take it on. And, uh, you know, otherwise it's just, I don't know, a false hope for you and the property owner. So if it looks like it can work, brilliant, go for it. And make sure you have in there, you know, a break clause maybe after a year or and at the end of the three years, something like that, so that you have got um, an escape or an exit strategy if it does go wrong. So, and people respect you for that kind of thing as well. They don't think, oh God, they only want to do it for a year and then disappear. They think actually they're thinking that through because although on paper it works brilliantly and you can make money, actually if things do go wrong, you know, there's something there. They've considered that. So best of luck to everybody who's going out and seeing all those landlords and, and developers. Remember the developers, slow burners, brilliant people. I've learned so much and met so many fantastic people at property events. It's really exciting to see what lots of them are doing and I'd like to be doing some of those sorts of things too at some point. So that would be really great. So thanks guys. Thanks for listening and I look forward to seeing you again next week and there'll be another podcast out on Monday. And if I can help, just you know, put a post in the community, ask any questions you want. Okay, take care then. Bye. Sharing the secrets of success.